0: Hello and welcome to another Nightlight Podcast. Back with me on this show is Melvin speaking to me from his home in San Antonio, Texas. I'm always excited to host Melvin on this program because the topics he chooses are always very empowering and very relevant to the times in which we're living. And none more so than our topic today. Peace.
1: Bringing you peace in the midst of the storm. You're listening to Nightlight You know, when you look at the subject of peace, we think, oh, yeah, I heard about it. And yeah, we have the peace. But there is so much in-depth teaching on, on peace in the Bible. The Bible, you know, in the New Testament specifically, Jesus teaches about the peace that God has given us and not the peace that is in the world. So that is what I want to teach on today. Super. So especially with the times that we are living in, the peace of God is what should be ruling our lives, should be ruling our minds. Right? right? It is what we are supposed to be living out of, but sad to say, I'm not just talking about the non-believers, but as believers, we haven't tapped into this peace that has been given to us when we received Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, right? Yes. And so we've been trying to obtain the peace that is available to normal human beings, and so that peace comes from many different sources right, whatever the world can offer us, and we take that, and we think that's the only peace that we have. Yes. So here in the States and, and uh, world over, there are many, many churches filled with people that are depressed. They're Christians, they go to church, but they're they're on medication for depression. One of the pastors that I teach in, his wife and daughter, they're both on, you know, what do you call that, antidepressant pills or whatever, right? It is because there is a pandemic that is going on around our churches and in churches where born-again Christians are in bondage to depression and all kind of uh, mental issues. So sad. The key thing there is a lack of peace, right? That's right. Now, they have finances, they have money, you know, they go on vacation, they do all of that. But yet, the peace of God is not ruling in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, the Lord really showed me to teach on peace. So when he gave me that, I thought like, wait a minute, everybody knows about peace. But the Lord said, no, get into the word and teach it from the scriptures. And so I have to put aside all of my ideas and just go into the scriptures. And so that's what we're going to do today. Okay, so Chris, can we read uh, Ezra 9, 12?
0: Now, therefore, give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their wealth forever, that ye may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever.
1: Yeah, so the first part of it is talking about giving daughters and sons in marriage. Of course, in today's world, uh, you know, they make their own decision on who they want to marry, right? Right. So we are talking about that part, but the second part says, nor seek the peace or their wealth forever. So God is, uh, you know, teaching us not to seek the peace that comes from the world or neither the wealth. So we don't seek their peace and their wealth, then there has to be a peace that we are supposed to seek, right? Right. And that is the peace that comes from God. So we can't have an adulterated uh, peace or a mixed peace that we take from the world and then we take from God. God wants us to stay separate in that peace. So, Chris, we, we don't want to dilute that. We don't want to have a mixed peace. That's right. So the Bible is very clear. We are not supposed to go after that peace. But all Christians are seeking the peace that comes from the world, whether it is through finances, whether it is through, you know, uh, movies or whatever we think we need uh, that will give us uh, a peace of mind. That's true. So the Bible is very clear. We are not to seek that peace. We have to seek the peace that comes from God and even the wealth that comes from God, because the Bible says, you know, God makes us rich and addeth no sorrow to it. Right. That's right. So the riches that come from God, the blessings that come from God adds no sorrow to it. But the peace and the wealth that comes from the world will always bring some form of sorrow. And it says that you may be strong. So the peace that we enjoy from our Lord Jesus Christ is going to make us strong and it will be an inheritance even to our children. So as we partake of that peace that God has given us, it will also flow down to our children and to our grandchildren. Praise God. And so for me, it's very, very important for me to live in that peace because it's of God's promise that it will flow into my children. Wow. And I can see that in my children. My children do live in peace, right? I mean, we, our whole family, just like yours, we don't experience traumas and, you know, disagreements and fights. I mean, once in a while, we might have some kind of an you know, a minute argument. But there is peace.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: because as parents, we need to seek the peace that comes from God and God alone. Right. Right. And it's really interesting to see that uh, Jesus specifically talked about peace. Let's go to John chapter 14 and verse 27.
0: It says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid.
1: Yeah, so Jesus, he didn't say, I leave my love with you. I leave my this and that. No, but he specifically talked about peace. Of course, we have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, you know, that came through Jesus. But peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth unto you. See, same thing as in Ezra. Don't go after the peace that comes from the world. My peace I leave with you, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. And neither let it be afraid. See, that peace that comes from Jesus, he already gave it to us. It's deposited into our our spirits that are created in the image of Jesus Christ. We have this peace. I don't beg God for peace. I never ask God for peace. I used to. I don't because I know he already gave it to me. That's right. Now, I would pray and ask the Father to help me to receive it, to walk in it, and for a peace to control my mind. Yes, i pray that way, but I don't ask God for peace, because he's already given it to me. Wow. And this peace that uh, Jesus gave us will keep our heart and mind, right? Yes. That's what Jesus is saying. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So that peace that Christ has given us has the power to keep our mind from being fearful, worried, anxious about all the things that are coming on in the world. I mean, it's so crazy that it's not just one form of fear the devil is saturating the world covering the world with every form of fear
2: right that's right
1: uh, chris right here in the united states now parents are going crazy especially christian parents because the curriculums are being changed i mean children in uh, in elementary schools are being taught about genderism and sex and all kinds of things there are satanic clubs being introduced in uh, High school, horrible. So it's not just one form of fear. So even though we teach a lot on the end time, I just finished teaching a whole eight-part class on end time, just the science of the times. Even though we teach those things, unless people have the peace of God ruling in their hearts, they're going to go through the end time in fear. Yes. Right? right this.
2: Yes, that's right.
1: And so they're not tapping into this power that comes through peace. And that's what Jesus was saying, my peace I live, he left it 2,000 years ago. And every child of God who receives Jesus Christ has the same peace of God. Nothing less, nothing more. But we have to make a choice. Do we take that from the world? Because the world also has some form of peace that they get from, you know, getting married, getting jobs, getting all kinds of financial bonuses or staying healthy, bring some form of peace. But this is a peace that is not available to human beings except to the ones who have become God's children. That's right. The light is always on with nightlight. Now, let's go to Jeremiah 6.14.
0: Jeremiah 6.14, it says, They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace.
1: So you can hear this word peace going on all around. Peace talks, peace this, peace that. But there is no peace. It's not the peace of God, what man is talking about. They're talking about, you know, an absence of war, an absence of conflict, or an absence of trouble. See, <clears throat> that's the only peace that the world understands. That's right. And sad to say, Christians are also just understanding that peace. No, you know, the peace that Jesus gave us is something that we have during conflict, during trouble. Remember that uh, story we heard about peace in the midst of storm, right? Right. That's the peace that uh, that comes from God. It is not connected to your circumstances. That's right. You can be in, in any circumstance and still have the peace of God ruling in our hearts. And with all of my heart, I believe that as Christians, if we don't tap into it, we're going to have a very hard time going through this time in the history of the world and we are going to be affected by it yes even sincere christians who really love jesus but it is god's will for us to tap into this and to live out of that now so that when things really get bad we will sail through it with the peace of god carrying us through praise god now look at ezekiel 13
0: ezekiel 13 verse 10 because even because they have seduced my people saying peace and there was no peace and one built up a wall, and though others daubed it with untempered mortar.
1: Yeah, and that is what is going on even in churches. The pastors are not teaching the peace that comes from God. At the same time, they're expecting their congregation to live in peace. They're talking about a peace, peace, but when there is no peace. So Mm. unless the Christians are taught how to receive that peace that is already deposited into the Spirit in the new creation, they're not going to have peace because everything else is going to dominate their lives. And it says, one built up a wall, and lo, others dumped it with untempered mortar. Now, read verse 11, it will explain that.
0: Say unto them which daub it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall. There shall be an overflowing shower, and ye, O great hailstones, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall rend it. And 12 lo when the wall is fallen shall it not be said unto you where is the daubing wherewith ye have daubed it
1: yeah so god is giving us a picture here of somebody building a wall right but they are dubbing it or you know the motors like a cement right that holds the bricks together so what god is saying is like sometimes as christians we are trying to build something for god but the stones that we are putting on each other is not connected together or solidified with good cement or good mortar. Right. So they're just putting rock after rock on top and then they're just whitewashing it. That's basically what it means there. Untumbered mortar. So it looks like a good wall. And that mm-hmm. is a picture of a Christian's life today. They love God. You know, they read the word once in a while. They go to a church or they might listen to God's word for inspiration, for motivation. No, we need the real word of God that will hold all things together. Right. So just putting one brick on the other and just whitewashing it or painting it, God is saying that the storms are coming. There will be hailstones. There'll be thunder. But when that happens, this wall is going to crumble.
0: It's like the house that was built upon the sand compared to the house that was built upon the rock.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what Jesus was saying. He was talking about this verse here. So a Christian life, just pretending to be a Christian or just going through the motions of you know, loving God, loving this, is not going to do it. We need the peace of God to hold each of our mind together so that when the storms do come, we are already operating in the peace of God. Yes. And a lot of Christians, they have this untempered motor or this whitewash that looks like a Christian life, but without the power thereof. The Bible said that very clearly. Having a form of godliness without the power thereof. That's exactly what this verse is talking about. And Paul said the gospel is the power of God to everyone that believeth. It's a power operating in us. The storms are coming. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but it will come in all of our lives. But now it's coming on a worldwide scale. That's right. So we need this piece of God to hold us together. You know, our thoughts, our our imaginations, our mind should have the real motor. That's what God is talking here. And that's exactly what Jesus said in the parable of the, you know, the man that built the house upon the sand. Yes. See, building a house upon the sand is easy. You know, you don't have to dig into the ground. You know, you can build and you can have a wonderful looking house with good windows and paint. And you can build it much faster than you're building a house on the rock. House on the rock takes effort, but the storms will come. And Jesus said the storms came. The same storm and the wind came for both houses. That's right. It's not that if you build your house on the rock, you don't have storms. No, Jesus said the same storm. But the house on the sand fell Because it is just like the one we are just reading in Ezekiel. It's whitewashed. It has no strong foundation. Yes. So the peace that we have, when we live out of the peace that God has given us, that is building your house on the rock in that area. So when the storms come, this house will stand or this wall will stand. For me, I stopped looking to find peace from the things that come from the world. Whether it is just, uh, you know, uh, increase in salary or increase in this or anything else. Because I want to build my house on this piece that Jesus died for me to have. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight. Shining God's love light to the world. Let's go to Isaiah 5410. I'm kind of speeding along here. fifty four ten.
0: For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy on thee.
1: Yeah, so here God is saying, even if the mountains and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace. He's talking about his peace. Be removed, say the Lord that hath mercy on thee. See, this covenant of peace that came through Jesus will never be removed. It's steadfast. It's solid. Even if people depend on the mountains and the hills for safety and security from storms and different things. So people build houses sometimes, you know, at the bottom of hills for that purpose. But even if those securities are removed, the peace, it's a covenant that Mm -hmm. God made with us. Through Jesus Christ. It's not the peace in the Old Testament. The peace in the Old Testament was dependent on their uh, performance and how they kept the commandments. But in the New Testament, this peace of covenant shall never be removed because it is not based on our obedience or on what we do. It's based on what Jesus did. Yes. So uh, God will never remove it. He gave it to us. When Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give on to you, he can't take it back. He already gave it to us. That's his word. But as God's children, do we want to live out of the provision that God has supplied through Jesus Christ, or are we going to seek for it in the world? See, that's a choice every Christian has to make every single day. Chris, this is so amazing. Once I started understanding this, even while I'm driving now, you know, <laughs> You know, in the States, people speed and, you know, sometimes they're crazy. Right. Before I drive, somebody cuts into me or something, I would lose my peace. I I would be upset in my car. But, you know, now I have this perfect peace. When people cut into my lane or they do something crazy, almost causing an accident, I automatically, my first reaction is to pray for that person. Father, uh, please keep them safe. Mm. And I have this perfect peace that I never had before. And it's not the work of the flesh it's not I'm, I'm using my willpower somehow to try to control my emotions no it is a peace that comes from god that i'm learning to receive i'm not saying that i'm walking in it completely but i, I i'm addicted to it now <laughs> i want that peace to flow through me throughout and so even in clean in my school with my kids that i'm teaching with all my staff, with my wife, my children. I have this amazing peace that I never had as a missionary before. Wow. And so I'm sold out on it. I'm addicted to it. I don't want to live outside of that. I don't want to try to produce my own peace by positive thinking or some form of yoga or some exercise or something. No, that is of the world. I want the peace that Jesus died for me to have, and it is already in me, right? Amen. So here it says this is a covenant, and we, we have entered into the covenant through Jesus Christ. So God expects every child of God at any given situation to receive this peace. It's like Adam and Eve. Before Adam and Eve was created, God provided everything that Adam and Eve would need, physically, emotionally, everything, food, air, everything that they needed. And then he created man and said, okay, now enjoy this. And that's exactly what God did through Jesus. Before anyone was born again, God provided everything that a born again child of God would need in this fallen world. And he provided through Jesus. And that's what the new creation is all about. We are new creatures in that provision. So God gave us that peace. It's already in us. And he's expecting us to walk in that peace. But as Christians, we are going after the peace that comes from the world. And so we are still in turmoil. In our mind, people think they have peace, but they have not really enjoyed or walked in the peace that comes from God and God alone, right? Right. Chris, can we read uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7?
0: Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we all read these verses, but this one is the key right there. Be careful, be anxious, worried. How can you not be anxious and worried in a world full of worry and fear? The only way you can do that is to have that supernatural peace of God that passeth all understanding. See, that's what the verse is saying, but Christians are full of anxiety fear, worry, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. See, the only way you can give thanks to God is if you are living in his peace. Even though you see things, circumstances in our life are not going the way it should go, but you're thanking God. You're not thanking God so things will turn out right. See, that's the way Christians think. Right. No, you're thanking God because of the peace that is now controlling your mind and your heart. Yes. So it's a genuine thanksgiving. It's not something you're thanking God so that you can get out of trouble. Right. No, no, you're sincerely thanking God. And the peace of God, that's the same peace we've been talking about in the Old Testament. It's not our peace. It's a peace that comes from God, that Jesus left, which passeth all understanding. That means there's no scientific proof of that. There's no medical proof of that. No philosophy can bring you that peace. No number of works on self-help And positive thinking is going to bring you this kind of peace. This peace passes understanding, human understanding, human wisdom. It's a supernatural peace. It says this peace will keep your heart and your mind. The word keep there is talking about guarding. That means it will guard your mind from all the influx of all the fear, worry, anxiety, and depression that that will come into our mind during these days.
2: Wow. See, you we know.
1: need this God. We need this peace to keep our heart. But if you don't know you have it and you're going to search for it in the world through exercise and yoga and dieting and all of that, I'm not saying those are bad. Of course, yoga is bad. But exercise is not bad. But the Bible doesn't, it's not encouraging us to go in that direction. It's encouraging us to have this peace goddess. Now, I'm not against dieting or exercise you know we all believe in it but that shouldn't take the place of what god has supplied right right so this is the promise this is the covenant god's peace will keep our our hearts and our minds now our minds and our hearts are not kept by the peace that means we are not tapping into it we are not acknowledging it
0: melvin i, I just noticed that if we carry on to philippians chapter 4 verse 8 Paul gives us a list of things that we can do to retain the peace of God in our hearts and minds. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things so we need to limit the amount of negative input that we take in from social media the news movies and so on and keep our minds on God's word and his promises and the things that are pure lovely and of good report and not on things that would cause us to doubt or fear or rob us of that true peace that only God can give
1: that, that's hundred percent right because uh, in the beginning, just like a baby learns to walk, mm. we need to start casting down imaginations, casting, you know, bringing every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, that's what he's talking about here, uh, mm. keeping our mind and imagination based on the Word of God. Everything that uh, is described in verse 8 is talking about the Word of God. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is pure. The Word of God is lovely. The Word of God is honest. It has a good report. So... Anything, any imagination that goes against or uh, exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we are supposed to cast it out according to God's word, right? Right. And that's what it's talking about here. So in the beginning, we do cast those imaginations out and bring every thought, obedience to Christ. But as we do that, just like a child learns to walk and falls and walk and falls, but soon it becomes automatic to where the child is running, jumping, See, that is what Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 is talking about. In the beginning, we have to you know, continuously guard our thoughts. But as we do that, it becomes like a habit. And now the peace of God automatically keeps our mind so that the thoughts that are coming in will automatically be cast out. Chris, did you understand that? Yes, I do. In the beginning, yes, it's an effort for us to you know, think on only on these things. But as you do that on a daily basis, continuously, now your subconscious mind will start understanding what thoughts you need and what thoughts you don't need. And then that is when it starts to become automatic. I recently, just two weeks ago, I taught a class on the subconscious mind or the spirit of your mind, as the Bible says. Right. Yeah, that is true, because as you say, we can't be getting, you know, the input from the world. So that's why I don't go into every news that is coming into the world today. Because most of it is you will start producing fear, anxiety, and all kinds of things into your into your subconscious mind. Absolutely. So Chris, like you said, yeah, verse 8 is how we start in the beginning. And then you'll see that the peace of God will start to overtake those thoughts and keep our heart and mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. So let's go to Philemon and verse 6
0: that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus.
1: Yeah. So the communication or the way our faith becomes active is by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So peace is one good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. That is a peace of God. So when you acknowledge it, that means you are meditating on it. You're thanking God for it. You're saying, Father, I thank you for the peace that you have given me that keeps my heart and mind. See, as you acknowledge it, as you uh, think about it, thank God for it continuously, regularly, this peace becomes a reality in our daily life. See, we are not begging God to give us the peace. He already gave it to us. But we are acknowledging we have it. So as a Christian, it's what you acknowledge. You acknowledge what is coming from the world. Or are you acknowledging what comes from God? So even if they the hills and the mountains we removed in the world, you still have the peace, the covenant of peace that God has given us. Amen. So see, we acknowledge that. So I learned that in my life to acknowledge every good thing that is in me in Christ Jesus. And peace is an important ingredient, an important part of what is good in me. And as I meditate on it, as I thank God continually, Father, I thank you for the peace. Yes, Ukraine war is going on. There's going to be this and that's going to affect America and the oil prices are going up. But I don't focus on those things, even though it's a reality that might affect my life. But I don't focus on that. I focus on the reality of the peace that God has given me. Amen. See, as I acknowledge what God has given me, now the things that are coming up in the world does not. Put fear in me.
0: Wow.
1: Or worry because I'm acknowledging what is a good thing in me. Right. And Chris, that is how God wants us to live, by acknowledging what is given to us. But sad to say, Christians are taught to acknowledge everything that's coming from the world and to beg God and, you know, fast and pray against. No, you acknowledge what you have. That's right. That's how this class came about because people are not acknowledging what they have and they're begging God to give them something that God has already given them. I'm not teaching this class because I want to teach a class. I'm teaching it this because I am experiencing this. It has to be real to me. If it's not real to me, it's just some words I'm speaking into a mic today. Yes. No, this is real to me. And it works 100% because that's how God created the new creation for us to walk in it. Nightlight. What a delight. Now let's look at Colossians chapter three and verse fifteen.
0: And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful.
1: Yeah, and so let the peace of God. You see, in the New Testament, it's continuously God is leading us to one phrase, and that is a peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called. See, we are called to this peace. It's a covenant that we have through Jesus Christ. But is the peace of God ruling in the minds of Christians and in their hearts? It's not talking about our spirits. Our spirits already have this peace. Our spirits are ruled by the peace of God continually. We are one with Christ. We are complete in him. But in a soulish realm, the peace of God has to rule in our soul or in our mind. In a subconscious mind, if it's not ruling, we will experience fear, worry, anxiety, uh, all those uh, depression, all of those things. Even though we are born again, we still experience these things because our mind is not ruled by this peace and our hearts. That's right. See, this is what hurts God. After God has given us everything through Jesus Christ, we as children of God are still walking in lack. Walking in uh, lack of peace, lack of love, lack of all of these things. And we experience everything that the world is throwing at us. And we say, Oh, this is how a Christian's life is. We are full of worries. We are full. No, we are not. We were not created. We are new creatures. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the Bible says all these things are of God. What does it mean? All these things are of God. It's talking about the peace, the love, the joy. Everything is of God. It's not from the world. But Christians say, oh, that means we want to experience. No, no, we will go through things. But we will go through those things with the peace of God keeping a heart and mind. Jesus never said, "They won't, you won't have any trouble. Jesus said, you will have trouble. Tribulation in the world. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Amen. How did Jesus overcome the world? He overcame the world and gave us peace that will keep our heart and mind while you are going through the tribulation, while you are going through the problems. But I'm scared to go into any form of tribulation without the peace of God ruling my heart. Absolutely. Because that means it's going to result in depression, anxiety, worry. I don't want that. Be of good cheer. You can't be of good cheer unless you have the peace ruling in your heart. And God gave us that. And the world has no idea about this peace. They can't understand it because the Bible says, The natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. Because it's foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. See, the world cannot know the peace we are talking about today. That's right. Because they have no way of knowing it because they're not God's children. Their spirits are not recreated to understand this truth. And sad to say, a lot of Christians don't even understand it because they go by the natural five sense waste thinking. Instead of, like you said in uh, you know Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, think on these things, what is true? The truth is the peace of God should rule our hearts and minds. That is what we should be thinking about. That is what we are focusing on. That is what you are acknowledging. That is what you are thanking God for every day. And of course, this peace that is in our spirit becomes a reality as our mind is renewed to the truth that we have it. So as you study the word on, on God's peace, now that knowledge renews your mind. And as you meditate on it, The reality of that peace of God becomes your reality in your daily life. That is the way God set it up. It's not by praying. It's by renewing your mind to what you already have through Jesus Christ. Uh, Look at Psalms uh, 119, 165.
0: Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them.
1: Yeah, great peace. So this peace is already given to us. How do we receive it? We love that word. Not just word, any word, but you take the scriptures that based on, on peace that you already have. And as you love it, as you meditate on it, this great peace will start to manifest in your mind. And you'll be surprised how peaceful you're going to be in situation that you are in, which is chaotic. This peace was not just given to us freely in that sense. We received it freely, but somebody had to pay for it. And Jesus had to pay for it for us to have this peace. It's not that God just dropped it out of heaven. Jesus paid for it. Look at Isaiah 53 verse 5.
0: But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed.
1: See, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. See, that is how we received this peace. This peace was not available in the Old Testament. Jesus had to pay. He was chastised by God so that this peace becomes a reality to his children in the New Testament. So if Jesus had to go and pay for it, then Satan is going to go against it to make sure we don't walk in that peace. Right. Even though people celebrate Easter and Christmas and all of that, we got to understand the real meaning of Good Friday, the resurrection. A lot of Christians really don't understand. That is when Jesus actually paid for things that we are freely given to us through Jesus Christ. So this peace, Jesus went through it. His body was broken. His, his blood was shed. He had to go through all those experiences so that this peace becomes our reality. Right. And so as God's children, we have a responsibility to walk in this peace. This is something that we treasure. Jesus paid for it with his blood. So I want to walk in it. It's God's will for me to walk in it. See, when you start meditating on it, when you start seeing the importance of the peace of God that passes all understanding, we will start to want to walk in it. And as you desire it and you start meditating on it, now it becomes a reality. And that's what I pray for everyone that I teach, you know, over Skype or personally, is that they start experiencing this peace that passes all understanding. To cut it all short, Chris, because we don't have the time. I mean, I can keep on teaching on this. But in a sense, this is what it is. We need to acknowledge this peace. And we can't go after the peace that is coming from the world, whether through political decisions, countries making their own peace talks. No, it's not that. No matter what the world is deciding, we have a peace that supersedes anything that the world can come up with. And that is the peace every child of God should be earning for desiring, not begging God to give, because he already gave it to us. Jesus said, right, well, peace, I live with you. Yes. So we are thanking God for it. Father, I thank you for this peace. And that is how it manifests. But a lot of times Christians do not want the peace of God to rule because they don't want To meditate on his word because in the new testament everything becomes a reality by meditating on the promises of god according to second peter chapter 1 and verse 4 unto us are given exceeding great and precious promises by these we become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world so the corruption that is in the world the lack of peace we escaped it how by meditating on the great and precious promises through which we become partakers of the divine nature. See, peace of God is his divine nature. To take part in it, to partake of it, we have to meditate on these promises. So as long as we do that, as long as we are meditating on the word of God on peace and knowing we want that peace and that peace alone, now those precious promises on the word of peace We'll release the nature of God into our daily life and we partake of it and we escape the corruption that is in the world.
0: Wow. Praise God.
1: With that verse, I'm going to stop because I don't have much time. I I would like to teach on depth into it, but uh, Chris, thank you so much. And is there any questions you have?
0: No, that's all very clear. If any of our listeners have questions, then they can put them in the comments section below
1: yes i mean definitely and chris the amazing thing is that god wants us to walk in it it is his will recently i taught a class on obedience in the old and new testament in a way when we are not walking in that peace in a way we are not completely obeying everything that jesus is encouraging us to obey in. so Mm. we are obedient children when we tap into this peace when we thank god for it when we release this peace that is in us into our daily life, and I know God is waiting. I mean, the Holy Spirit is is waiting to release this into us. But what the Holy Spirit needs is our, our acknowledgement, our faith in what God has supplied. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Chris, for having me, and uh, yeah. we will continue with more classes as you have time. We can. Uh, I'll be happy to teach it.
0: We're looking forward to that. Thank you, Melvin.
1: You're welcome. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>
0: You'll hear lots more from Melvin in upcoming podcasts, along with the many other cutting edge Bible teachers I'm so blessed to be able to host on this channel. If you're new to this channel, Please look around because besides the Nightlight podcasts, there's a variety of different classic and modern devotionals, also books from the King James Bible as well as various apocryphal books, and all beautifully presented with read-along text. Well, that's it from me for now. This is Chris Glynn signing off, and may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Bye for now.